For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Okay, today we have a super special episode. Uh, As most of you know, my wife and I recently had a baby, and my brother-in-law has flown in from Baltimore, Maryland, not for the baby, but actually to podcast. He didn't care about the baby at all. He just wanted to meet. The baby's just a bonus. Yeah, it is. It is. And we have Nick from the Nickopedia podcast on. He is a huge Star Wars fan. And we do have a Star Wars movie with a submarine scene in it. Uh, <laughs> Very brief. The briefest of scenes. Yeah, but it, but it's there, and that's what's important. It is. And I'm honored just to be here and just to be considered an expert on anything, Dude, well, but especially you, Star Wars. Yeah, well, I you're the one that I would... Imagine, you know more than anybody. We were sitting down watching the movie, and he was just telling me all these different crazy things, these specific scenes. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. My wife likes to say watching any movie with me is like watching the special features. Dude, well, hey. Because it's, it's pop-up trivia. That's awesome. I was learning all kinds of things I never knew, and it was it's some really cool stuff. Um, so you have your own podcast. Yes, my Nick- wife and I do. Yeah, and what is that about? So it's, like Kyle said, it's called uh, Nickopedia, and the concept behind it is it's my wife and I, uh, you know, an elder millennial couple kind of taking turns, making each other try new things. That the, that's the idea behind it, is we we obviously have a lot in common, otherwise we wouldn't have gotten married, but... Right. Right. I mean, ideally. But we also have very different interests. For example, the whole Star Wars thing. She could not care less about Star Wars. A travesty. Right. Meanwhile, she's also very into fitness and CrossFit. She owned her own CrossFit gym at a time. So it's a way for us to, it's really an excuse for us to try different things and to come up with different things every week. The idea is that we alternate, you know, one week it's my turn and I make her watch a movie or something. And one week she makes me eat vegetables or something, you know, so, so something different. Well, it's not going to too crazy. It's I know. Not we haven't done that. Here. We have not done that yet. Thank God. <laughs> it's just... 30 minutes of you throwing <laughs> up. <laughs> God. God. That was was that a carrot? <laughs> but no, like a good example is I took her. We just, we recently moved from Detroit to Maryland, which is where I'm from. And I took her duck pin bowling, yes. which is our local brand of bowling. It's a smaller ball. It's maybe grapefruit size, maybe a little bit bigger, smaller pins. And it was her first time doing it. It was first time. I'd done it in a long, long time. And I'd never even, I hadn't even heard about this. And until, you're like a big bowling guy. Yeah. You know, I'm in a league and all that type of stuff. And uh, our other host, Jamie, he's from out East and he'd mentioned candlepin bowling and duckpin right. bowling. And I was like, what are you talking about? There's only one type of bowling. Oh, and then man. my mind was blown. There's a whole new world. It is. I didn't even know about. And I told you, duckpin there's never been an official 300 game in Duckpin. Which is unreal. It is. I didn't realize that either until recently. So that was like one of our episodes. Yeah. And then the, then the week before, she made me go cross-country skiing. That sounds like hell. That's some Michigan shit right there. 
<laughs> I didn't realize people went cross country skiing for fun. I thought it was just like an Olympic sport and like people trained all their lives. Yeah. Working out. I didn't realize it was like, oh, it's a nice day out. We should go cross country skiing. But we, we, we literally went out one day. It was right before we moved. We're living in Detroit and we took our skis out to the park next to our apartment and went cross country skiing on a Monday afternoon. Wow. We are the whitest people ever. <laughs> cross country skiing in the middle of downtown Detroit on a Monday. Goodness. But so that's the idea is that we kind of go back and forth. And uh, tried new things and tried different things. And it's been a really, we've been doing it for about two months now. Um, we have a good, we, you know, we have uh, 13 or 14 episodes, I think. And we're just trying to get our legs underneath us and get into, get into a rhythm with it. And it's been good. You know, I, I made her read a graphic novel. I made her read Watchmen. Ooh. Yeah. Um, now in the graphic novel, do they have like, is the blue guy naked the whole time? Not the entire time, but there is blue penis in it. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Yes. There's gotta be. Yes, of course. But uh, yeah, that's that's the podcast, and we've been having a good time with it, and we're trying to do we're trying to do some different things. We just bought a house, so we're trying to do something with like you and your wife and the in laws, and you know, kind of just talking about the home buying experience and that stuff, and, and that crazy nightmare. Yes, the nightmare that it is. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely very cool, and it's it's a really cool concept because there's a lot of couples who you kind of diverge you get your different hobbies whatever you know, right like, i'm gonna go do this but um it's good to try other things right and that's the nice thing about it too is that it's not necessarily making each other have the same interest but at the very least i can understand you know why she likes cross-country skiing i actually really yeah. liked cross-country skiing but oh did you but just as an, exa- as an example you know it's a it's an excuse to say okay i get i get it now you know i get it i don't expect her to love star wars the way i do I don't expect anyone Come to on. love Star Wars. Come on, I do. But you can try. I can. Tr- they can try, but your entire they will life fall short. Just, you can break her down. You just make <laughs> her li- watch them all the time. Just always talk about it. Uh, just get it done. You know. That's right. But uh, yeah, that is what we are here to discuss today: Star Wars. And again, uh, Nickopedia. You can find that literally wherever podcasts yep. are found. You and can then, listen to it. and Yep. And Instagram and Twitter is just Nickopedia Podcast. There you go. And the name of that, I don't know if you remember, my best man mentioned it at our wedding. Oh, he did. That was his That was his nickname for me in college was Nickopedia because I just can't help myself sometimes. Dude, you gotta. When, when we're, again, watching Star Wars and I know a fascinating fact. I can't hold it in. It's like a sneeze. Dude, you gotta let people know. You do. They've gotta know. All right, man. Let's get started. All right. This is an interview with an expert on Star Wars. So again, a special episode. We don't have all the crazy sound effects. Maybe we'll have a few. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Can I get my own sound effect? Yeah, you can make your own if you all want. All right. At Mac East Second Floor Studios, sometimes we don't have all the answers. In dire times like this, we've decided to call in the very best. Welcome to an interview with an expert. Let's, we're going to recap this like we normally do, but we're just going to go ahead and I always like to put a timer on us. Please, because you're going to have to keep me on track. And I know Jamie likes to go a little fast or (laughs) a little lengthy on some of these, so we'll go ahead and get started. So the movie opens and we find out with the classic Star Wars title that there is all of a sudden taxation without representation going on and there's a big blockade blocking the planet of Naboo. Yep, and it's... People point to that as one of the 
immediate things that made everyone scratch their heads in 1999 like yeah why star wars opening with the taxation of trade routes being in dispute <laughs> yeah it like, was it was is, kind of odd you start reading it, you're like what? is that what's putting the asses in seats yeah dude, people people come to star wars for the political intrigue yes and we will find that later yes. in the movie uh but it's pretty fast paced here at the beginning and all of a sudden we find out that two jedi quote unquote ambassadors right have been sent to basically destroy this puppet looking viceroy guy and well and force a just force a settlement oh They're yeah strong arm his ass yeah and it wouldn't be hard because this guy's kind of a wimp right but the viceroy finds out all of a sudden that oh my god those are actually jedi on board our ship let's gas them right without explanation no the gas explanation. does not kill them <laughs> no <laughs> They hold their breath. That's the explanation. That's got to be it. The droids roll up. They're like, well, he says, all right, go in there, kill them. They've obviously been gassed for so long. They'll be fine. And they open the doors and like the lightsaber show and they just kick everybody's ass. You're like, (laughs) well, like, all right. That scene always, even as a kid, I remember being like, wait, what? Like, if they're already dead, why are you saying the droids in there? Yeah. And if they're not dead, why are you opening the door? (laughs) They just lock the door. Yeah. They can't go anywhere. Yeah. Just keep gassing them. Yeah. Whatever you got to do, man. But they felt the need to open the door. And uh, they set loose one Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor on this ship. Liam yeah. Neeson is in top form. He is. In this movie. He is. Dude, he's like, got like two foot long hair. Oh, yeah. He's got like the samurai thing going. He doesn't quite have a top knot, but it's close. Oh, he should have. He should have had top knot. That would have been awesome. Yeah. And, like, you know the way you guys feel about Ed Harris? Well, the way Jamie feels about Ed Harris. Yeah. That's pretty close to the way I feel about Liam Neeson. Yeah? Yeah. You want to see them a little greased up in this? He, if they could find a way to wedge that in, <laughs> if they could have figured that out, I would yeah. I would not have hated it. Well, dude, you got to grease him sometimes, you know? <laughs> uh, so, anyways, they take off. They're fighting all these droids, and then they're trying to break in. And what I like vividly remember as a child, Liam Neeson as Qui Gon Jinn is just jamming his <laughs> lightsaber into this um, like blast door and melting it. And I, I don't think we've seen anything like that ever again, have we? In Star Wars, I don't think so. Not in any of the movies, at least. I mean, like you know, like lightsabers can cut through almost any material in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, but, but this took a, some time. It did take some time. It's the first time you see like people on the other side of the door like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wait, close the, the second close set the of second doors. Close the second door. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess that worked out. Why do we, why did we not close the second doors to begin with? Yeah. Uh, and then they call in these new droids. Uh, well, new to us, because this is, you know, 1999, and we hadn't seen these yet. The Droidica. Yep. And this thing just, it's awesome. It just rolls up unfolds it's going akimbo aka dual wielding um i'm not sure if that's a proper terminology but it's called duty terminology uh and all of a sudden and they have their own shields too so that makes it even harder yeah you can't kill these things very easily and then we cut back over to the control room and one of the guys for the viceroy is that (laughs) says they've already gone into the ventilation shaft you're like what that was well done what the fuck was that (laughs) Well, and can we can we pause for a moment just to discuss yeah. the racist ass accents? Oh yeah, in this movie because I know a lot of people give Jar Jar Binks shit, which we will get to Jar Jar Binks later. But a lot of people give him shit for that accent, and that accent was actually the actor's idea, Ahmed Best, who who is oh, a black really? man. That accent was his idea. 
So I don't mm. think that accent is necessarily racist. Yeah. But I would say well, the... Well, because you couldn't pin that down to anybody. No, it's vaguely... Because the Gungans are like these Creole people and right. nobody's got an accent right. like that. Right. Well, no, they kind of talk like it, though. They don't have the accent so much, but they talk like it. Oh, okay. But like the Trade Federation executives yeah, all having vaguely Japanese accents. Yeah. And like you pointed out... Their mouths don't quite sync up with what they're saying. Not at all. Yeah, like that doesn't, that's not a good look. Even in 1999, no. I think people were like, that sounds a little racist. Yeah. And this is a little weird. And then Watto, who again, we'll get to later, but a lot of people have accused that of being a Jewish caricature. Yeah. You know, he has. You, the, you definitely could see it he in his nose and the kind of greedy voice and all. Like, yeah. Not, yeah not the best look for Star Wars right no, now. No, there were not some good choices that George Lucas made in this one. Yeah. But yeah, please go on. <laughs> I just I just had to say my piece. Yeah. Well, yeah. You it'll reflect in your review, I imagine, also. Cool. Uh, uh so they basically they get in the ventilation shaft and whatever, they're hanging out there. All of a sudden we cut down to Naboo, where the Viceroy and his gang have cut communications to the whole planet, and then somebody's like, That can only mean one thing. Invasion. And then all of a sudden it is an invasion. Right. Like we're only 10 minutes into this movie and already so much has gone on. It's really moving pretty quick. It's moving. I forgot how fast paced it is at the beginning. Oh yeah. It's, it's nuts. And so the, all of a sudden all the ships land, they're invading Naboo and out of nowhere, Qui-Gon Jinn's running through the jungle and there's this thing and he's like, Oh no, what are you doing? And then uh, he just <laughs> fucking tackles it and it's Jar Jar Binks takes him down and uh, now Jar Jar Binks and our two Jedi are immediately friends. Right, of course. And they are. It becomes and now a buddy. he's in the story. The rest, the rest of the right. these three movies, and it becomes a buddy road trip comedy. It does comedy of errors. <laughs> We're going across time and space. So yeah, they, they do that, and they need somewhere to hide because there's so many droids coming. It's going to be nuts. So Jar Jar says, "Wait a minute, I'm from an underwater world." And it's completely hidden. And I saw you look at the Latitude Zero poster. And you're oh, like, yeah. oh, an underwater world. There yeah. it is. I wonder if that was an, an intentional homage <laughs> yeah. from Lucas. George Lucas, just huge Latitude Zero fan. Apparently. I mean, yeah. hey, who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest movie ever made. Uh, so he takes him down. But before he does this, this is important. He jumps like 30 feet in the air, does like a triple <laughs> backflip, and like perfect dive into the water. Right. Which we'll get to later. Uh, well, it I is have feelings. It is important. Also, the Jedi have these awesome things that they can just slap in their nose and they can breathe underwater. And they swim to the Gungan City. And I would say this is the first appearance of a submarine. I would call that. I would call the Gungan City a submarine. It's a submarine city, qualify. pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Odagunga is what it's called. Odagunga? Odagunga. See, and that's why you're on, because you're the expert. Because <laughs> who else? Yeah, and I would have been like, the Gungan City is like, it's Odagunga, idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, they're at Odagunga. Uh, we find out Jar Jar Banks really shouldn't be there. Mm. And when he gets there, some guy's like, oh, you and Big Doodoo. <laughs> Which I like that line. We told your ass not to come back here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, so the two Jedi... Go and they meet with the head Gungan. I can't remember his name. Boss Nass. Boss Nass, that's his name? That's his name. And Well, Boss is his title. I'm not sure what his first name is. Oh, it sounds better with Boss Nass. Yeah. Just an, or meet with Nass. Mr. Nass. Mr. Uh, so they say, hey, 
this place is going to be taken over by the droids. He's just like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, whatever, man. They're not going to find us. We yeah. don't care about them, about the humans. Yeah. There's no way they could possibly find us <laughs> down here. And I know it took you two minutes to meet our village idiot who would, <laughs> <laughs> who would literally lead you to our secret base. Like, I wonder if they hadn't run into him, if Jar Jar would have led the droids there. Yeah, he's like, hey, guys, come check this place out. Hey, this by is the way. Cool. <laughs> They're like, oh, sweet. We're going to kill these guys. Um, and so they need to go to Naboo to meet up with the queen, mm-hmm. Queen Amidala. And Boss Nass says, hey, you know what I got for you guys? Submarine. That's right. And they're like, oh, yeah. And I would argue it's probably one of the sweetest looking submarines in film. It is. Just from what I've seen so far. Yeah. Yes. And I've watched quite a few you, sub movies. You've watched 60-some movies. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot. This is one of the cool ones. It is. Uh, but then they also, like, negotiate for Jar Jar's life real quick. Which you think wouldn't be a negotiation. Yeah. Like, like hey, can I take this guy? I'm like, yeah, get him out of here. Right. Like, yeah. why Like why was it Why yeah. was it a question? Like, they don't want him there. <laughs> yeah. Like, easier to be punished. <laughs> like, that's what you say, Boss Nass? Punished? Punished. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why. Why the heck did they even make a big deal out of it? They just should have cut him loose. I don't know. They again. Jar Jar talks about later that he, what he did to get banished or whatever. And I can't make heads or tails of it. No, he basically he crashed. He was clumsy, is what is what he told him, and he crashed yeah. something into something. And he's just like boom to Gasa. Yeah. At one point, and I'm like, yeah. what are we Next talking about? Thing you about? know, banished. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. That's yep. all we really need, I guess. So they get into the bongo. The that what it's called the bongo. The bongo. It's a hell of a name for a submarine also. It is. And they take off and they see, sorry, what is the name of these fish? I'm trying to remember it. It's a... Uh, Man, you're going to make me sound so nerdy. Oh, uh, it's a goober fish. Yep. The okay. goober fish. Yep. But you know the rest of the fish, don't you? Well, the one's the colo clawfish. Okay. I know, that's the second one, the one with the claws. The big one. No, the, not the big one, the medium size oh, one. Oh, okay. And I can't remember what the other one's called. All right. But you know them. That's good. Yeah. Um, so they, they take <laughs> off, they're in the bongo, they're going along. All of a sudden this big goober fish comes out and is trying to take them down. He snags them with his tongue like a chameleon. Yeah, it does. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And you can tell at this point, like George Lucas and his team were just having fun. Oh, like there's yeah. no, like there's no point in this whole se- sequence of events. None at all. The movie. But it's at just... least it made it so we could watch it. <laughs> right. It's just them just seeing what they could do with CGI. And it did. I mean, it blew people's minds in 1999. Yeah. But again, yeah, there is literally no point to it. <laughs> no. Like, they could have literally done the classic Star Wars cutaway, which they did a lot of the scene transition where, like, right. it'll just, like, spin to black and then go to the next scene. Right. And then they could have been at the city. But they didn't do that because nope. they knew one day someone would be watching submarine movies and talking about this. And we wanted to wedge Star Wars into it somehow. Yeah, we had to do it. Uh, so the goober fish has got them. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden... This other fish with arms yeah, um, comes up and eats that in Liam Neeson classic line. You know it? Oh, no, I'll let you have it. Go, go for it. There's always a bigger fish. There is always a bigger fish. And so then they continue on. There's some cutaways to also some political goings-ons going no, on. No one's here for time. that. No. We're here for the sub. And they continue down into like an underwater cave. And all of a sudden the submarine dies. Yep. And, and they have my my favorite line from 
from Jar Jar. Yeah. When uh, he starts freaking out and Qui-Gon Jinn says, oh, no, 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 wait, just calm down. We're not in trouble yet. Yeah. And Jar Jar goes, what yet? <laughs> the monsters, there's monsters out there. We're leaking in here. There's no power. Yeah. When are you thinking we're going to be in trouble? <laughs> right. Yeah. And he just says it's so exasperated. Like, it's su- such a genuine delivery. Oh, yeah. From a CGI character. <laughs> it is good. It's it good. Uh, so, Obi-Wan is also a master mechanic. Apparently. And a former car thief. Because he hotwires the bongo. He does. And, boom, the lights come back on. And now, which fish is this? That was the clawfish. This is the clawfish right yes. in front of him. So then Jar Jar has another classic line when <laughs> Obi-Wan hotwires a thing. Yeah. He says, oh, power's back. And the lights come on. And the monster's there. And Jar Jar goes, ah, oh, monster's back. <laughs> <laughs> Again, nine-year-old me and 29-year-old me laugh at that the same amount. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> it was just so good. <laughs> and so they narrowly escape this, you know, trying to eat him. And then all of a sudden they get past it. And then there's an even larger one right behind it, like some. Is yep. it? Is that the one with the arms again? Yeah, it's a, it's the same one. Okay, that thing was hungry, I guess. Yeah, dude, it was just down there slaying all these fish. It was incredible. And they kind of go, they get away from that, and then they surface in the river at Naboo yep. City. They do. They make it to the palace, <sighs> and then that's the end of our submarine. Yeah. Although I will say the, uh, like we said, we had the the underwater city. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing about that and the bongo, and then we see it later during the battle scene, yeah, is that they tried very, very hard to give the Gungans a consistent aesthetic and uh, level of technology. Yes, you know they had the bubble technology, and that that you know it translates to the bubbles that they live in. Yeah, and the cockpit of the bongo itself bubble. was was a bubble. Yeah, now the bongo itself was like what would you could say manta ray shaped. I yeah, I'd go with shaped. that. Yeah. But its propeller was like tentacles, mm-hmm. and uh, and then later in the battle scene they use the electro bubbles basically yeah. as you know as weapons. So it's very, a very consistent, you know, they're very bubbly technology. people. They are very bubbly people. Yeah. And originally in the uh, some of the concept art for it, they wanted the they wanted them to be kind of um, the Gungans themselves were still, you know, very amphibious looking. Yeah. But their armor, they the original concept was it was going to be like crab esque. Crab people. Crab people. Yeah. They'd be crab people. <laughs> yeah. Talk like crabs. Taste like people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Mark of any good movie. Yes. Crab people. Crab people. Exactly. Yes. So we had another thing that uh, Aquaman could have ripped off. Dude, they could have. <laughs> they needed to. They needed more of the crab people. They did. Well, no, I agree. Like aesthetically, the Gungans, the Gungan City, the sub, everything—it all looked very good. Yeah, and it fit. It did, but again, what was the point of the sub scene? <laughs> I don't know, but I liked it. Really, except to introduce Jar Jar and give Jar Jar a reason to be there. <laughs> That's true. Like it's it's kind of like the uh, the proverbial self licking ice cream cone. Yeah, it's we introduced Jar Jar, so we had something to do in the scene. Yeah, and he has something to do in the scenes. So we had to introduce Jar Jar. <laughs> right, just kind of circular. Circular. Yeah, just keep it going. Um, so they get there. Also, the queen during some of these cutaways had been captured by the droids. Mm-hmm. And this is sorry. Is this is this the Federation that's captured her? The Trade Federation, yeah. Trade Federation, yes. So they've got her. And sorry, there's actually a really good quote that I forgot to mention earlier. <laughs> um, right when 
Qui-Gon Jinn first meets Jar Jar Binks, mm-hmm. Jar Jar Binks says something like, I can speak. And Qui-Gon Jinn <laughs> says, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Uh, now get out of here. That's a great, that's a great line. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is awesome. And he just, God, he just kills me. He still kills me, like yeah. I said, 20 years later. Something special about him. But uh, so anyways, Queen Amidala has been captured by the Trade Federation. And when the two Jedi get to Naboo, in pretty much no time at all, they're pretty like super sleuth splinter cell style. Yeah. Uh, They free the queen and her posse. With Jar Jar in tow, mind you. That's true. (laughs) They've got this village idiot following them around and like they can do anything with him. Apparently. Because... He's more important than you think. Right. Uh, And so now they're just like they're kicking ass, killing all these droids left and right. And And that's what people showed up for. Yes. They showed up to see the Jedi in their prime, kicking ass, taking names. And we do get a lot of that. Yes, we do. And it's cool. There's a lot of action like in this first 30 minutes of this movie. It's just like crazy. (laughs) Go go on. Yeah. All right. And then so... All of a sudden, they say, all right, we're going to get on a plane. We're going to get out of here. Not a plane, sorry. Starship, whatever. Right, of course. Uh, and we need to go to Coruscant because we got to talk to the legislative body and get this Trade Federation off our ass because yep. what they're doing is not legal. Although these puppet guys keep saying it's legal. And <laughs> they're trying to escape the blockade. They're flying around. And now we get introduced to R2-D2. Yep. Because they're taking fire and their shields go down and they have to send out the droids to repair the shield and everyone's getting blown away except R2-D2. He's out there like, and he just brings the shields back online. They're awesome. Dude, most clutch member of the entire movie right here. He really is. Because it could have ended right there. Right. That (laughs) was, bam. (laughs) Directed by George Lucas. So they get past the blockade. Thanks to R2-D2. They do. And now they're headed to... Well, no, th- sorry. In the whole firefight, they damage their hyperdrive. Mm-hmm. And so they have to make an emergency pit stop. And oh, what's that? Tatooine. Yep. And it is not within Federation control. Right. And so they land there. And then this ensues like a large chunk of the movie. Right. Which I'm not upset with. No, but like like we were saying, it was so fast paced up until then. And then just slams on the brakes. Oh, yeah, dude. We were, like, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and then we're like, okay, hold on. We're going to go into this, like... Let's take a breather. Yeah, we're going to go into this, like, Middle Eastern marketplace, and we're going to bargain for some parts. Find with, a slave boy. Yeah. We're going to find a slave boy, trade with his owner, make the slave boy do our bidding, and, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going on. We'll do this. So... They go in, they meet this guy named Watto who's got the parts that they need, and but they don't have money because they have Federation credits, and hey, Watto doesn't want that. Nope. And something more real. And conveniently enough, the Jedi mind trick does not work on him. Yeah, only money. <laughs> only money. It's wonderful when the Jedi mind trick only works when the plot needs it to. <laughs> <laughs> It is weird. Like, what what species or whatever is it's, Watto it's that so he's arbitrary. just so immune to it? <laughs> I hope we see another one later in the in the whole saga and somebody like tries it like what are you well, an idiot well that worked in uh, uh return of the jedi job of the hut wasn't affected by it oh so there is precedent for it it's just again whenever Tatooine, huh? yeah it's just whenever the plot needs it it works it works <laughs> <laughs> we need something quick good uh so they 
strike up a deal with him. They say, hey, well, there's a lot of like back and forth or whatever. Right. But eventually they find out that the slave boy, uh, one Anakin Skywalker. Yes. Is a pod racer. And there's going to be a pod race like tomorrow. What a coincidence. Yes. So they'll front the money somehow. I can't remember how this all played out. It, how how it's, they even it's so unnecessarily complicated. It really he, like, is. Watto into paying the entry fee, and he'll trade him the ship, but only if he wins. Then he bets in the ship. It's like it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's it gets like, really complicated. All the all we need to know is Anakin is the only human yes. that has the quick enough reflexes to do it. Yes, so that's what makes Qui Gon thinks he, thinks he's uh, force sensitive. He might have because he has the reflex. A high level of midichlorians in his blood. Right. And, <laughs> and so. Somehow Watto agrees to this. He's basically like, yeah, I'll front all this money for my slave boy to race and pay you. <laughs> my and, slave boy. <laughs> and um, Anakin introduces his new friends to his mother. And Sounds like, who the hell are these people? Yeah. They're like, oh, well, yeah. I hope you know I brought a Jedi, a droid, the village idiot from the water and one of the queen's um, teenage handmaidens. Yeah, teenage <laughs> handmaids, and this but, is this is who I roll with now. But young Anakin does have the best opening line you can ever give a girl. What's he say? He looks at her and says, "Are you an angel?" Oh, he does, dude. What and is she looks he at doing? him and just says, "What?" <laughs> like her reaction was so like, "Yeah, what the hell are you talking like, about, you kid? Go grease ball? What are you talking about, <laughs> perv?" Uh. That'll come into play later, I guess. Yeah, okay. uh, I guess moral of the story is it worked. It did. He played the long game, though. He did. He played the long game. Well, you got to start when you're like five or six. Right. And then, you know, just... Then it works. Um, so anyways, also during this, we are introduced to probably the second most... Maybe I'm wrong on this, but second most, like, famous villain oh, yeah. in all of Star Wars saga... Uh, Darth Maul. Yes. The guy, if you don't know who I'm talking about, you've even watched Star Wars, uh, he's got the red and black face, the horns, he's got the double-sided lightsaber, total badass. I would say, as far as like recognizable characters go, Darth Maul's probably number three or four. Oh, like, yeah. Behind like Yoda, Darth Vader, maybe Princess Leia, Man. and then like Darth dude, Maul. It might like, be Darth, Darth Maul. Maul is recognizable as hell. Oh, yeah. And he, he was, was everywhere in the marketing for Phantom Menace. Oh, Everywhere, even now, like on the disc yeah, that we yeah. watch this on, right. boom, it's Darth Maul's face. face. <laughs> You're like, all right, and he doesn't actually have that much screen time. No, he does not. He does not have that many lines. He has like six total lines in the movie. I know it's weird to hear him talk. I'd be like, dude, you're yeah. more mysterious when you don't say anything. Exactly. Uh, so he just shows up. Nothing really happens at this point. But now, the pod race ensues, and little Annie. That's what we'll call Anakin. Little Orphan Annie. Yeah, Orphan Annie. Little Slave Boy Annie. Uh, oh. We've still got a decent amount to go. We're like a third of the way through the movie. <laughs> it is a long movie. It is. Sense. Yeah, it's like two hours. Well, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Um, so the race. Well, so Anakin is. We find out that Qui Gon Jinn has literally bet their entire ship. Basically, their whole livelihood right. on this boy winning the race. Right. And this nine-year-old boy. Yeah. The only human who's in this race. Yeah. And uh, has he ever finished a race, Nick? It turns out he has not. He's not even won a race, but not even finished. 
Not great and, odds. And 16-year-old Natalie Portman is not happy about it. No, she's like... She is real sassy when she like, finds out. Uh, Qui-Gon, what? <laughs> Why would you do this? Well, then she said, well, because she's incognito. Spoiler alert. She's actually the queen, even though she's pretending no, to be handmaid. No, But she looks at him and she goes, the queen will not approve of this. And he turns to her and bends over, like yeah. in the most demeaning way possible, gets in her face and goes, the queen doesn't have to know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I can't I can't break character. God. Yeah. Oh my word. And so the pod race. The pod race. Which I would argue is still, you know, twenty years later, probably the high point of the movie. Oh yeah. Dude, it's so it's, good. It's so cool. I know a lot of people might not like it. I don't know why you wouldn't. I loved it. Man. I think even I think even people who hate on the prequels and hate on Phantom Menace specifically still appreciate the pod race for what it is. Like it's just fun. It's just pure Star Wars. Oh, it's so ridiculous good. fun. Dude, the way when we were sitting there watching, it even starts in a totally ridiculous way. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how does it start, man? Oh, well, it starts with everyone rolling out. They have like it's like a flag ceremony at the Olympics. Oh yeah. And you got a space camel farting in Jar Jar's face. Yeah, yeah, you do. And they're introducing all the pod racers for no reason. Like, again, does not contribute anything at all to the plot. No. But they're showing all the different, like, the pit droids and the different aliens that are driving. And, uh, <laughs> it's incredible. Got the two headed alien announcer, like, arguing with himself, which is great. Oh, yeah. And one is speaking English and the other one is not. Yeah. And it's just, <laughs> it's just so Star Wars. And it's just so fun. It really yeah. is. And then, um, to get the race going, Jabba the oh, Hutt yeah. rolls out, and he's like, hey, hey, hey. Right, because Jabba the Hutt's, I guess, the sponsor of it or something. Because <laughs> why he's not? He's the proprietor, yeah. And he's like, what's he have? It's like, is it a frog? Yeah, or what it's, is a fro- it? it's some sort of frog creature, and he starts the race by picking this thing up, biting its head off, and then spitting its head out onto a gong. <laughs> and the sound of the gong, everyone goes. Yeah, like, like, Imagine what? being in that meeting oh, at Lucasfilm, yeah. and they're like, all right, so how's the race start? And George Lucas is just sitting there, like, riffing. Yeah. Like, all right, so Jabba the Hutt comes out, bites something's head off, hits a gong, and then they go. And everyone's like, that's genius, George. It's amazing. All right, let's go. Yeah. Like, Animate that shit. By the way, where'd you get this weed? (laughs) Because, wow. Yeah. For real. (laughs) And so they take off. Anakin is stuck because a guy we haven't even mentioned yet, um, total a-hole, Sebulba, who wins races all the time, and they had a little run-in with him earlier mm. when another there was another frog incident. Yeah. Jar Jar actually <laughs> threw one at him. Frogs are very essential to the plot of this movie. I'm just realizing. Yeah. It, dude, there's there's a lot going on with frogs. Apparently. And, it's, and I haven't seen many frogs in the desert. Well, apparently there's enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's the problem. Maybe they're a hot commodity. That is, oh, it's like a delicacy. It is a delicacy. That's the problem. So that's why Jar Jar... Or, or, Job of the Hutt, he's so rich. He's like, look at this frog. Yeah, Fuck I can frog. do this. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, we wanted that frog. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Sebulba had like screwed something up on little Slave Annie's pod. And so he can't start right away. But don't worry, man. He is so freaking smart. And he can just mess, tinker with some stuff in his cockpit. And boom, he's off to the races. Uh, but there's another guy, Ben Quadraneros, who's stuck there. Right. And for some reason, he has four pods. I don't know why that's allowed. Is that regulation? I don't Apparently, know. it is, because no one said anything. There's not a lot of regulation Everyone going on, Everyone else has two actually. pods. He has four. Some people have, like, really tiny engines. Some people have these massive engines. But well, yeah. like, I guess because the like they're traveling at such a high speed, like, increased speed isn't necessarily a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know the mentality. I don't either. I'm not a Padre. I'm a human. I can't right. possibly yeah. comprehend. Right. It. We have no idea. We're not Jedi. Yeah. Uh, so the pod race in Susan, this goes on for like, how long do you think it is? It's like, close to 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, of, it's a while <laughs> of just awesome kick-ass high octane racing. Yeah. Just it, showcasing Anakin's ability. Pretty uh, as much. Not, as not just force sensitive, but also a mechanic and yeah. basically a boy genius. Yeah. He's, he doesn't crack under pressure. He's able to get this all done. All these people are like crashing left and right, blowing up. And, right. and he and Sebulba are literally the only ones who survive. <laughs> like not even not even like, oh, no, some other people got third and fourth. Like, there is no third and fourth. Anakin's yeah. the only one who finished. Everyone's dead. <laughs> Everyone else died. <laughs> you won just by virtue of being alive. Yeah. And also during the race, something that was funny that I know we were cracking up about is the uh, Tuscan Raiders were just shooting at the racers. <laughs> so they're going around. Taking pop shots. Or whatever their call is. It's just like... What is going on? Just needed to throw some fan service in there. Yeah, man, you have to. So they're going, Anakin wins. Watto is kind of pissed. I don't know. Well, he lo- well he lost his money. Yeah. Because he was betting on Sebulba. And then just the cherry on top is he lost Anakin to yeah, Qui-Gon. Because Qui-Gon made this little side deal right he before. Did. He's like, hey, by the way, uh, why don't we go ahead and bet for the boy? <laughs> and they gave him a wink. <laughs> What's going on with this movie? And Wado doesn't want to give the boy up. He's no. like, no, take his mother. Quagon's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, no, I want the boy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's really kind yeah, of odd. It, again, it's a weird exchange. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Anakin is all pumped up. Although it's funny because he's like, "Oh, I just want a pod race," but I'm still a slave. Uh, so, but he's so pu- he's so pumped when he and Anakin or when. Uh, Qui-Gon tells him he's free. He literally says, yippee. <laughs> I've never been that excited about anything in my life where I'd be like, yippee. That might, be, that might have been the first time I've ever said yippee just now. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to say. Um, so Anakin tells his mom, he's like, hey, mom, guess what? We're going to be free. And Qui-Gon's like, pump your brakes, kid. Not your mom. <laughs> She's like, what? He's and like, not yeah. just that. I'm also taking you away. <laughs> yeah. You're coming with me on my starship and all my little friends. Right. And we're going to go ride to Coruscant. And not only is your mom not free, she's staying here. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? What? You... Staying on man? a desert planet with two sons. And then she basically is just like, yeah, fuck it. Take him. <laughs> Please. I don't need that guy. Also, uh, we didn't even mention yet that uh, we do find out that Anakin built C-3PO. He did. Which is, again... It's a reveal that I didn't know I needed. No. Thank you, George Lucas. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why we thought to sprinkle that in there. Like, oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah. And he can build C-3PO. It would have made more sense if maybe there was something in, like, the older movies. That right. He's like, they wait a minute. That. Hey, I remember. That's that's my old. That's really? my dad. Yeah. Or he's like, he and Luke are half brothers. I am your father. He's like, yeah, dude, I remember you fucking built. Yeah, me. there's just there's a few of those things in the prequels. They're just random reveals that George Lucas thought would have been cool. Yeah, and everyone else is like, okay, well, yeah, like why'd you do this? <laughs> also, something that should be mentioned um, to get the pod racer working, Jar Jar Binks was helping him. Yes, and he was using a wrench. He was using a wrench, which is a staple of any movie with a submarine. Yep. It has to happen. Um, and Anakin experienced a fire. Oh, he sure his, in did. his pod. He did during the race. It's amazing, dude. Yep, we're hitting we're hitting some staples. Believe it or we not, we are. If they got to crush depth, I would have lost it. 
<laughs> like, what's going on? I would say they got pretty close. Yeah, they did. They did. <laughs> uh, so anyways, now it's time to leave the desert planet. Thank God. Yeah, dude. We've been here for a while. And all of a sudden, Darth Maul shows up and he's going to fight Qui-Gon Jinn. And this is like, I wish this fight would have gone on a little longer. Yeah. But he's just like, hey, Annie, go tell the ship to leave. I'll be back there in a minute. And... Him and Darth Maul are fighting a little bit. Ship starts to take off. Qui-Gon Jinn jumps like 40 feet in the air, <laughs> lands on this ramp, and then takes off. And Darth and Maul's just standing there like a bitch. He's like, ah! Well, it's funny, because Obi-Wan's like, uh, uh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was that thing? <laughs> He's like, I don't know, but it was uh, it was pretty well trained. Yep. You're like, okay, whatever. Oh, we, for- <laughs> we forgot my favorite Obi-Wan line from this. Oh, is yeah? Is after they get the parts for the, har- the hyperdrive and they're fixing it up. Qui-Gon drops it off, and he's like, I got to go back and uh, pick something else up. And Obi-Wan looks at him and goes, why do I feel that we've picked up another pathetic life form? <laughs> <laughs> he just says it in such a sassy way. Just yeah, <laughs> talking about a kid and, and who's Qui-Gon's been born like, into slavery. <laughs> like, wow, Qui-Gon, real sensitive, man. Good Lord. Uh, and so now we can make it to Coruscant, a planet that is an entire city. Yes. Ooh. And this is where the Senate of the Federation is. The Republic. Republic. My bad. No, that's all right. That's all right. That's why I'm here. Yeah. I don't mean to, you know, mince my words and all well, that well, stuff. Well, the Federation's from Star Trek, so. Oh, right. okay. That's why, I think that's what you're mixing up. Okay. And basically, Amidala needs to talk to Senator Palpatine, right. her boy. Right. They're, they're representative in the Senate. Yeah. And they need to basically get this blockade uh, well, not just blockade, right now it's or a, the invasion right now it's an invasion yeah but then like they're in the senate and they're talking about it and the trade federation's like uh i don't know what you're talking about we're not we haven't invaded can anyone else cooperate yeah and they're like no what why, why do you think we're here <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's just the weirdest like debate it is it's really odd and it, and it also shows how uh broken whatever system of government they think they have is oh yeah that the fact that the trade federation which is supposed to be like a corporation has its own seat in the senate yes like imagine that imagine if disney had (laughs) had a a senator the representative from disney now speaking the representative from ge concurs with the representative from disney like okay and the representative from uh walmart uh take the floor please right and then and then queen amidala who's a guest in the senate also is making motions, like does not have the power to do that at all. No. But she makes a motion <laughs> she makes a motion for a vote of no confidence in the Chancellor. Yeah, to basically get him thrown out. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, sweet, let's vote. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. She's not a member of the Senate. Why is she why is she involved? <laughs> Doesn't matter, man. Like imagine that. Imagine if Zuckerberg is testifying before the Senate. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, by the way, I motion that we do this. <laughs> yeah. I motion all you leave power and promote me. And they're like uh, any second? You're, you're a guest here, Mr. Zuckerberg. Uh, yeah, but I can do this. Uh, so anyways, they get a new chancellor pretty much. They Almost do. immediately, turns out it's Senator Palpatine. Yep. He's going to be the acting guy. And, man, where do we go from here? There, well, there's there's a lot of little bonding and there is. all that between well, they, well, Amidala bring, and Anakin. And, right. And then uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon bring Anakin to the Jedi Council. Oh, yes, they do. So we get the first look at young Yoda. And? And our boy, your boy. Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Here's a little trivia for you. Do you know in Samuel Jackson's contract when he signed on for the the prequel trilogy? It was in his contract that he had to die in a cool way. That was in the contract? That was in the contract. 
that he, I don't know what the exact wording was, but he described it as, yeah, I want to make sure George didn't kill me off like some punk. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my word. I know there's all sorts of crazy stuff. It's so cool with him because, like, also... Well, he was the biggest name in that movie by far at the oh, time. Oh, yeah. And he just... <laughs> he made all these, like, weird demands like that. The lightsaber color? Right. And his lightsaber color. I think I told you about that, too. Because he's the only one that has a purple lightsaber in the movies. Which is awesome. It's awesome. But also, <laughs> I saw this. It was, like, a behind-the-scenes thing. It was him literally just standing on set talking with George. Yeah. And he was like, uh, so what color is my lightsaber going to be? And George goes, well, you can choose, uh, Sam. You know, it can be green or it can be blue. He says, well, I want another color. I don't want green or blue. He says, but Sam, that's how it works. You know, the bad guys have red and the good guys have green or blue. Yeah. Sam's like, man, can I have purple? <laughs> Come on, can I have purple? He's like, oh, I don't know. Come on, let me, give me purple. <laughs> All right, fine. You have purple, Sam. That's awesome. Like, he just strong-armed George Lucas into giving him something different. Well, because didn't he also want this as purple? So during, like, the big fight scenes when there's these big pan-out shots, he could find himself. Right. <laughs> which is awesome. Right. Because just... you can always find Mace Windu. Yep. Whenever you're watching. Again, he was, I mean, he was the biggest name in the the prequel trilogies, I would say. Oh, yeah. Other than maybe Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, but, but yeah, he's, spoiler, he doesn't stick around for too long. No. Um, so basically, Qui-Gon Jinn comes in, he says, hey, found this slave boy. and uh, Who doesn't have a father. Yeah. <laughs> it's a virgin birth for some reason. Yeah, and I uh, want to be his father. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, I think he's the chosen one. His midichlorian count is off the fucking charts. And they're like, <laughs> sure, whatever, Qui-Gon. Bring him in. We'll check him out. And they check him out. It's a real deal. Yep. He's a little old. Right. Which is not cool. No, it's not cool. But you know what else is not cool? is The, <laughs> the fact that he's nine and the Jedi consider that's too old <laughs> yeah, to start dude. his training. Sorry. Uh, they, if you really want to do this, you got to start your dreams early, son. Well, you know, they... They talk about this in the uh, Clone Wars TV series, but they literally go out and when they find like children like to train, yeah, they're toddlers. Seriously, yes, that's crazy. It is crazy. It's so really, he is infinitely older. He is way too old. And then, well, the idea is that he's too attached. He's attached to his mother. He's attached to his oh. home. You know, a toddler doesn't have any real concept of home. Right. You know, the the, the Jedi are their home. Like the temple is their home. Yeah. So that's that's the idea there. You gotta brainwash them real it, early. It is a little creepy, yes. But it works. Well, maybe not. They 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 refuse only... they refuse them twice. Yeah, they do. And then they're like, Oh crap, the, the queen's going back to Naboo. You guys gotta go with her, we'll figure this out later. Yeah, pretty much. And I, what is why do they go back? I can't remember. What are they even doing at Naboo at this time? Well, nothing except for the people are just organizing the camps. Oh, I that's guess. right. Like they're, so they're straight up killing people. They've all been taken captive, and they're like, well, maybe this guy who's been with us, Jar Jar Binks, maybe he's our savior. Right. He can rally the Gungan people. And um, so they're like, all right, let's go talk to the Gungans. So they go back down. To, what's the name of the city? Odagunga. Odagunga. They go to Odagunga. And, and they're not there. <laughs> and what's that one guy say? Somebody's oh, yeah, like, they're like, oh, they're, they must have left. <laughs> Yeah, Jar Jar's like, yeah, they, it's deserted, and and the queen's captain goes, uh, they're probably wiped out. <laughs> like he says it so casually too, like, yeah. oh yeah, they're all dead. And dude, we were laughing about this. We're like, <laughs> yeah, you know what? If it were up to me, uh, we just would have gassed them. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> they're totally worthless. There's no reason we there's even. No, there's no strategic purpose. Yeah, a Gungan? Are you kidding me? No way. But then yet yet again, Jar Jar proves his worth and takes them to the. 
sacred place, the hiding place where yeah. the Gungans are. Which I'm sure they're super thrilled about. Yeah, so like, like, wait, way to go, Jar Jar. You've, yeah. you've hung us out to dry twice now. Yeah. And so now they're there, and basically they're able to kind of convince them in whatever, and away they get them to battle the droids. Right, as a diversion. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, we need all your people to die as a diversion so we right. can get to our Naboo people, uh, right. which are more important. Right. And I will say, this plan might sound ironclad, <laughs> but uh, for my military training, you know, I, I am a West Point graduate. Yes. Yeah. Um, You never really mount a diversion like that. <laughs> you don't actually send people <laughs> yeah. as a diversion. Yeah, we're going to wage a full-on war uh, as no. a diversion. You know, in, in World War II, we had the inflatable tanks. Oh. You know, before D-Day, they uh, they they gave Patton, because Patton was in trouble, so they gave him, like, a bunch of inflatable tanks, and they're like, yeah, this is your fake division. You need to put these over the English countryside to make them think they're attacking from this direction where we're actually going to be up north or whatever. Inflatable tanks? Yeah, they're like oh, inflatable never tanks and, like, wooden... Uh, like wooden vehicles and stuff. Like, yeah, it was a fake, wow. <laughs> it was a fake division. I was rolling through that and be like, what the yeah. hell is this? Patton was pissed. Yeah. But no, in, in real life, you don't ever actually like use lives <laughs> as a diversion. Well, I mean, they're the Gungans. It's, right. They're clearly know. not people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, their lives are worth nothing. Apparently. Just the Gungans. Um, so anyway, huge battles start ensuing. It's craziness. And, our Jedi need to go get the Viceroy. And he's going to be in the throne room. Yep. She's going to be well defended. So the idea is you get him, everyone else is going to be confused and lost. Yeah. The which, Trace Federation will have to, have to give up. Which does turn out to be true somehow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how the whole organization just totally <laughs> fell apart, but it did. Um, and then this ensues probably, in my mind, the best lightsaber battle that we've had in any star wars film to date yeah this is 2019 like just the reveal you know what i mean they're walking through the doors the giant you know floor to ceiling doors slide open yeah darth maul is there in all his glory yep and qui-gon and obi-wan walk up there and say we'll take care of this you go about your business yeah they take off their robes they take off like their outer robes. Yeah, because it's time. Takes his off. Time to fight. Oh man, they like they must they might as well roll up their sleeves. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're about. They're about yeah. to do. And Darth Maul reveals his double bladed lightsaber. Oh well, it's so cool because like first he sticks it out and boom, the one end comes out, and then like he hits another button, and then the second end comes out. And you're like, oh my! Everyone in the theater God. squeals. It's so cool. And so the battle ensues. It does. And meanwhile, during the lightsaber battle, there's yeah. the bigger battle. Yeah, the well, war. I'd say there's two or three other things going on. She had the Gungans getting their asses beat. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The queen and her people are trying to get to the Viceroy within the palace. Oh, they're using like grappling hooks to get up the side of buildings oh, and yeah. all that. It's pretty intense. And then you have the fighter pilots are trying to knock out the droid control ship. So all the droids shut down. Yeah. And dumbass Anakin accidentally hides in a ship, which then the autopilot just takes him up to the battle. Here we go. We got a nine year old, or what? I'd probably not even nine years old yep. at this time, uh, ready to fight. Yep. Oh, and dude, I guess all those years of training for the other pilots mean nothing because yeah. Anakin is way better than these guys. Yeah, he accidentally, he accidentally himself into, <laughs> into winning. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Yeah. He's just like blowing everything up. It's amazing. Yep. And, um, 
so the lightsaber battle keeps going on. Yep. And there's these doors that close with these kind of like force fields that you can't get. I don't know if they would hurt you if you touched them. I don't know. They didn't establish that. They did not, but I would think you would. I mean, the lightsaber didn't do anything to it, so I'd imagine that would hurt. Yes. And all of a sudden, like, Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan get separated a little bit because there's a little bit of a scuffle, and Obi-Wan gets, like, kicked by Darth Maul, and so he has to get up and run and chase him back. And so they're separated, and Qui-Gon Jinn is going one-on-one with Darth Maul, and he doesn't have what it takes to fight this guy. Not by himself. Because Darth Maul, boom, lightsaber right through Qui-Gon's Right through the gut. Yeah. And then Obi-Wan is like, yes, I hated that guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's obviously upset. Devastated. And now he busts through when the walls fly back open, and they are just like, Going off. The fight is so crazy. It's, it's so, so fast paced. It's so fast. It's amazing. Well, it's, I mean, you know, so the, good. the guy who played Darth Maul is Ray Park, who's a professional stuntman. Oh. And he, I'm trying to think what else he's done. He's most famous for Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe movies. Okay. Um, He's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, whenever there's like a go to stuntman, yeah. it's typically him. Ray Park. Yeah. And he's just, he's, he's an outrageous athlete. Dude, he's a total beast. And eventually, Obi-Wan cuts him in half. Yep. Does not die, mind you. I know. I've heard about this. Yes, we'll discuss that soon. Uh, And then he falls down this huge shaft. Meanwhile, Anakin blows up a giant ship up in outer space, and that uh, destroys all these droids. Also, (laughs) during this, Jar Jar Binks is fighting the droids. They made him general for some reason. Yeah, he became a general. And there is a scene where a droid is stuck to him. It's stuck to his foot, essentially. Yeah. And he's smacking his foot on the ground, and this is activating a gun that is shooting, and it is killing <laughs> droids. Again, accidentally himself into Which this is victory. important. This is important. It comes it up later. Uh, but anyways, all the droids are deactivated. The Gungans. Very fundamental flaw. With yeah, the whole system. one ship controlled this entire army. Like, literally, they just stopped on a dime. Right. Craziness. Uh, and so, basically, Naboo won. Yep. And they send the Viceroy. I can't believe they didn't just put the Viceroy to death immediately. Yeah. Just, just like, if only. Hey, we're going to hang you. And it's like, wait, what? what's going on in this Well, movie? again, the idea, I guess the idea is that Naboo is a very liberal culture. So they, you know, they want to let the process, you know, go by. Okay. So they, they talk about it in uh, episode two as well, but like he's had multiple trials, they say, like for, for some reason they keep ending up in like hung juries and they, you know. The they, Viceroy? Yeah. <laughs> wow. What a piece of work, huh? That, that fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Here's some trivia for you. You know the what the Viceroy's name is? No, I his, thought it was just Viceroy. No, his name is Newt Gunray. Newt Gunray? Yes. And he is named by George Lucas after Newt Gingrich. Really? And Ronald Reagan. No way. Yep. Gunray is Reagan mixed up, I guess. That's funny. Yeah. George Lucas is not a fan of uh, <laughs> of those guys. I'm making the vice try. Yep. Dang. Uh, and then there is a epic parade. There's an epic parade. The best part of any Star Wars movie is the silent musical number at the end. And a giant glowing orb is given to the Gungans. Yep. And we don't know what it, what no. it is. 
Well, the idea is that I think for a long time, the Naboo and the, the humans and the Gungans were, they're operating under a separate but equal kind of uh, situation. And now they're, they're embracing they're multiculturalism, which is really what Star Wars is all about. It is. It is. So, yeah, that was. Uh, oh, and at the end, they, you know, Qui-Gon's given his funeral. Oh, yeah. They burn him. Yep. I was going to say alive, but he's yeah. dead. <laughs> no, they burn him dead. Uh, they promote Obi-Wan to the level of knight. He was a Padawan. Now he's a knight, so they cut off his uh, rat tail. Oh. <laughs> which we didn't even really mention. No, which is glorious. And then uh, Obi-Wan takes Anakin as his apprentice. He's like, hey, <laughs> you're my slave boy now. Yeah. He's like, oh, <laughs> you're mine now, no, baby. why? <laughs> yes, and that's the movie. Uh, that is the movie. Uh, it maybe took us a little longer than normal to recap, but I mean, dude, there's so much going on in Star Wars. I mean, it's a two-hour, 15-minute movie. It's not, it's not it short. It is. It is. And so I think we should get into reviews yeah. like right away. I can go first because Please. I know you're I know you're going to have a lot going on. Please, with and you this movie. you will have to rein me in. Okay. No, that's fine. I want you I want you to go off on this. Um <laughs> I have a lot of Star Wars feelings my wife likes to say. Yeah. Well, a lot of feelings. You have to have feelings are good. They are. Uh so this movie is its 20th birthday was the other day. Yeah. And I think it still looks great. It, I mean, for 99, my word, this movie looks up. so good. So good. Yeah. It's crazy. Granted, I wish we had a little more submarine action. But yes. Whatever. What can you do? Everything I thought worked so well. I love the pod racing. I've always loved the pod racing. Even when I was a kid, I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Even the video games that ensued from that. I was always playing that on Nintendo 64. Just absolutely loved it and when so i watch good. it now it's still so high octane it's still it so good and you know how, like george lucas likes to reference like things from history yeah you know what the pod race is supposed to be right no chariot races oh wanted, it makes sense and like, he told him like i want this pod race scene to be my ben-hur oh i want this to be like ben-hur i want it to be like them crashed into each other and yeah. you know it's that kind of well dude thing. look at it you got the two engines the horses right the chariot in the back yep Gosh, dude, it is. It's so cool. It's it's great. Uh, the pacing of the movie, like you'd mentioned, we're getting really fast paced. A lot of action right up front, and a lot. I, I never thought about it until you said something just now. But a lot happens in this movie. There's a lot. There's, There's a, a lot, lot going on. Uh, then we with that lightsaber battle, arguably the best. I would, in my eyes, I think it's the best that we've seen. And like I said, I wish we had some more sub action, but. Some of you so good that I have to give it seven point five out of twelve. Yeah, well, you know, we go like ten, and then twelve is the extra. You know. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Seven point five. That's that's fair. It is. I think I think it's it's good. It is. It's it holds up. It holds up very well. It does visually at the very least. All right, so here are some of my thoughts. I have I have some notes. I want to know your feelings. So. First of all, I don't hate the prequels. I know a lot of Star Wars fans, especially the real diehard fans, tend to hate on the prequels. I do think people are looking at the prequels very differently now that everyone's kind of pissed off about the Disney sequels. Oh, okay. <laughs> people are kind of reevaluating the prequels. They're like, huh, maybe they're not that not that awful. I think the big difference for a lot of people between the prequels and the originals is the age at which they watched them. True. So a lot of the people who hate on the prequels were the Gen Xers and older crowd who are kids in 77 or the 80s. Watch those who as watch kids. those 
and then they go to see Phantom Menace in 99 as, uh, you know, a 30-year-old, and all of a sudden it's not as magical. Like, obviously, it's not going to be as magical. Right. Like, you know, but for us, for our generation, you know, I first watched Star Wars, I remember it, because it was 1997, because that's when the special edition came out. Oh, yeah. So the special edition was coming out, and my dad got me into it, and he's like, look, I know the special edition's coming out. I want to take you to see it, but I want you to see the originals first. So I watched those on VHS and then went to see the special edition. So that was only two years before Phantom Menace came out. You know, I was nine. I was seven in 97. I was nine in 99. I actually went to see Phantom Menace for my ninth birthday. My birthday was actually like three weeks prior, but I wanted to wait to go see it. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, so to me, Phantom Menace felt the same. You know what I mean? It, it was all Star Wars to me. You know, it, it was... Uh, it was the same as the originals. You know, it, it, was, it was just another episode of Star Wars. You know, I loved it. And, you know, again, you and I were the I, we were the right age. We were the target audience. Exactly. We were the same age as Anakin. <laughs> you know, he was supposed to be, I think, nine or ten. You know, and it just, it nailed it for me. You know, and as an adult, and I went on, you know, got older, I was an English major. So I kind of understand like story structure now and kind of some of those things. And like we were talking about the pacing of the movie is a little off sometimes. It's really good at the beginning. It is. Like we talked about, it's just like, okay, I know exactly what's going on, but this is moving very quickly. Right. Right. And you're kind of, I wouldn't even say you're planet hopping, but you're just, you're, there's a lot of locales. Yeah, there going are. Going around. But again, now that I've, I'm older and I've watched a lot of you know movies and I've under, I understand kind of you know, the thought process behind a lot of things. I understand like structurally a lot of times the prequels are not as strong as the originals or at the very least they're not as, uh, they're not as tight. There's a lot of extra stuff in the prequels. You know, there's a lot of, like we were talking about C-3PO. Why is he even in this movie? <laughs> right. You <laughs> he know, there's no purpose. Maybe just, uh, it's fan service. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's, here's a little bit of that. Right. And I mean, that's the inherent problem with prequels or something. You know what I mean? If they had made, episode one first then okay like whatever like well then you would have been like oh wait a minute i wonder i remember that guy right right i guess the biggest difference between the originals and the prequels is you can watch the three originals and not read any of the the books or the supplemental material any of the other canon stuff and you would get it you get the whole story you know the characters you know everything you need to know the sequels or the prequels excuse me tend to not hold up as well by themselves like if you watch just episode one two and three you're gonna you're gonna kind of be like I feel like I'm missing something, yeah. especially not so much episode one. Episode one I think holds up on its own pretty well, but there's there's a long gap in between episode one and two, Definitely. and then and then the, there's a lot that happens in between episodes two and three. So a lot of that is helped actually by um, some of the supplemental material, the Clone Wars TV series, which I cannot recommend enough. The computer animated one. They're, it actually was on Netflix and Disney just took it off because they're getting ready to launch their Disney Plus Monsters. service. I know. But it actually holds up very well. It's uh, it's kind of like a Band of Brothers thing. Like it's the Jedi fighting alongside the clones. And there's like a three episode story arc when they're in an underwater civilization. So oh, if, you want, if you want your sub fix, might have to get that. you can see the it's the Mon Calamari. So it's Admiral Akbar's people. No way. And you see them and actually you see a young Admiral Akbar. You see him fighting alongside Anakin. Like, wow. Yeah, like the Clone Wars TV series is fantastic. So if you if you need some more Star Wars, they single-handedly make all the prequels better. The, the Clone Wars TV series really does. Interesting. Now, in a, in a way, that kind of speaks to the weakness of the prequels. The fact that they need a five-season five TV series to make it better. But, you know, whatever it is. 
And one of the other things you and I were talking about when we were watching this was John Williams, the the composer oh, for Star Wars. Word. He's composed every single Star Wars movie so far. I think the main ones. He had, he didn't do Solo and he didn't do Rogue One, but he's done all the episodes, episodes one through nine, and he went off in the prequels. This was so good. Like, the music is well, especially second like the, to none. The lightsaber scene, the the fight oh, scene at the end, yeah. the duel of the fates is what that song is called. Yeah. Still one of the best songs ever written for Star Wars. Oh yeah. For ever written sure. for film, I would say. You know, and he and he was consistently good throughout all the prequels. Like they did he did a love theme for anime uh, anime. Anakin and Padme. <laughs> for anime. Anime. anime that's hey, what dude, that's their couple's that's name. Like Benefer. <laughs> but he did a love theme for them in episode two and that's amazing. He did a theme for like, you know, Anakin's fall in episode three. That's amazing. Like he was on the top of his game. Like everyone else Lucasfilm was doing God knows what. But he was he was nailing it. So. Dude, he was he's amazing. All in all, and I, again, you and I were talking about this I, because we were the target audience. I have a lot of nostalgia for this, especially for episode one. Like you and I were talking about all the random products we had. I mean, I remember they had episode one fruit roll ups. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, I, I had so much Star Wars gear, especially again because it came out around my birthday, so I was getting so much crap. Like. The prequels, I'll always have a very soft spot in my heart for because they feel like my Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, the originals were my father's yep. generation. You know, these are these are ours. You know, yeah. so um, I have a, I have a ton of notes, but I'm gonna I'm gonna limit myself here. No, you're fine, man. No, no, no. no. I'm so I have some. I'll, we'll get some trivia later, but I will. I'll just cut it short now and say, I would still say. Of all the episodes of the, you know, again, one through nine Star Wars, episode one is still, I'd still write it towards the bottom. It probably in the bottom half. So right now there's eight of them. So I'd put this one probably number four or five. Like it's right, it's right in the middle. Okay. I don't, you know, uh, Attack of the Clones is my least favorite. Oh, really? It's my least favorite by far. Okay. That one's just unpleasant. And I would actually put The Last Jedi down there. I'm not a fan. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't hate it like a lot of people do. I don't hate Ryan Johnson the same way. I'm not I'm not so upset about it. Yeah. But it's just, that, that's another one that I'll, I'll put it in and I'll try to watch it. I'll be like, this is just unpleasant. Like, I don't enjoy this the way, like, I sit down and watch The Fan Mess and it's just, it's, a, it's pure nostalgia. Oh, yeah. It's definitely. a pure shot of nostalgia to your veins, you know? It is. So I'd put this one. I'll go with an I'll go with an eight out of twelve. Okay, I'll go with an eight out of twelve. Solid rating, solid rating. I mean, it's it's great, and like like you'd mentioned, how there's all the supplemental material. Also, if you think about between the time those first three came out, and then these prequels, mm-hmm. how much had gone on? Like how many different books had been written? Like so literally, much. a religion was founded, like right. the Church of the Jedi. It's crazy, you know? And so then to just be like, try to, hey, we're going to cram everything that we can into these two-hour movies and try to make it as comprehensive as possible, it's it's impossible. You can't do it with, right. with everything that's going on. Right. And George Lucas always kind of had that in the back of his mind. Like, he he knew he was going to go back to the prequels eventually. And they asked him- Well, dude, re- you have to. If you're going to make a movie, you're like, hey- this was number four. This was number five. This is right. Like, yeah. Come on. Well, where's where's one, two, and three? What, <laughs> Please give us one, two, and three. What the hell's going on? Yeah. It would have been the ultimate dick movie if, if he just done... <laughs> he would have just done two and three. <laughs> like, wait, what about one? You're not yeah. getting one. Yeah. You kidding me, dude? I'm tired. I'm not doing that. Well, he's, I was reading an article just the other day, and they said, what made you 
want to go back and do the prequels. And he said, basically, I was just waiting for the technology to catch up. Because yeah. he did the originals, and he always felt like... And that's why he did the uh, the special edition. Because he felt like he had to compromise too much with the originals. He felt like he oh. didn't make... He made the movies he had to make, not the movies he wanted to make. And but he waited... still, even back oh, yeah. then, the visuals oh, were still blew incredible. Mind. Right. But then he knew if he was going to do the prequels, he wanted to do it 100% his way. And he waited for the technology to catch up. And the, I mean... He couldn't have done Coruscant, you know, the citywide planet in 1977, yeah. you know. Um, it would have just been like a shot of New York. Right. Imagine <laughs> imagine 1977 Jar Jar. Oh. Imagine like a puppet, <laughs> a puppet version, you know. I don't want to. So, yeah, he was just waiting for the technology to catch up, and then he was able to do it his way. Yeah. And that's a really interesting thing, too. Um, a lot of people don't realize George Lucas only directed, of the originals, he only directed uh, New Hope, episode four. Seriously? The other two were directed by other people. Oh, okay. So a lot of people think part of the problem with the prequels is he directed all three of them. And George Lucas is not a very good director. Oh. He's not very good with his actors. He doesn't get, he's not very good at getting motion out of them. Like I've heard from multiple people, including like Carrie Fisher, they said the, the most direction she ever got from him was louder. <laughs> like, oh yeah, okay, that was good, Carrie. Just try it louder next time. Like that was it. Like he would just let people go and just not say anything. But all right, that's it. Let's let's move on. Well, is it kind of like, hey, uh, you know, this is your job. You know what you're doing. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to like force you to do something too much. Uh, just louder. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what his mentality was, but he he has a reputation for not being a good character director. Like he's a visionary, you know, technology wise and effects wise. He's he's out of this world. But working with the people, he didn't necessarily get what he what. He should have gotten out of them sometimes. Okay. All right. So actually for the prequels, um, he had other directors in mind. He wanted Ron Howard to do one. He wanted Spielberg to do one. Ooh. And he wanted Robert Zemeckis. And all three of them came to him and were like, no, George, these are yours. You should do them. They're your babies. You should do them. So if anyone really? had, if anyone has any problems with the prequels, they need to blame those guys. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they'll turn that down. Right. Like I, Again, in 1999, well, I guess Spielberg was kind of the height of his stuff then like I, I get it and i guess but you, still like you know if you're going to be directing something like this it's just like expectations though have got to be scary that is like jj abrams talked about that before he did uh the force awakens like yeah. he said he was like paralyzed with fear before that because it's just such a daunting task oh it's huge to, to do that you know well, think about every the entire following the entire star wars community right like, this is on you. People come after you with pitchforks. <laughs> That's craziness. Oh, man. It's something else. So you said you have some trivia on this movie, right? I do. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to think what else I got. Let's talk about Jar Jar. Let's, let's talk about let's, Jar Jar. I let's think, talk about Yeah, there's a lot to actually talk about this guy. There is. So there's a certain theory on the internet. Would you like to elaborate? <laughs> there is a theory that <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is the... Sith Lord. Right. The main guy in charge. And they there's a very compelling argument for it, actually. Yeah, Reddit has some <laughs> some details. It's incredible. Like it uh, like we'd mentioned in the recap, the only people that we've ever seen been able to do some kind of like insane jump are Jedi or right. Sith. And right immediately when we meet Jar Jar, he does this like 30-foot flip in the air and just dives in the water. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's... It's because he's a Gungan. Right. And we didn't see any other Gungans do anything like that. No, I didn't know anything remotely close to that. No. Also, I think there's even a time... Do you have a bunch of detail on this? or I don't have a... You, you can go on. I have some oh, okay. things. You, you, you go ahead. There's... Uh, like we'd mentioned also in the battle, he is literally, like, quote-unquote, looking like an idiot, 
but he's actually out there being a master of battle. He's like right. got some droid hooked to his feet. He's slamming it on the ground. It's shooting all these other droids, killing them. Um, also, I think at one point in some episode, there's something where he he does like a little hand move mm-hmm. to try, you know, oh, here's my dread, Jedi mind trick. And right. It's like, wait, what? And then you start, you can really dive deep and like really read all this. And you're you like, go into the bowels of Reddit. Yeah, and find this, some, this find is crisis. actually very possible. It is. And I don't, I don't necessarily adhere to that, but I do adhere to the idea that George Lucas originally had different plans for Jar Jar. I firmly believe that because you look at how central of a character he is in episode one. Huge. And then fan reaction was so bad. They essentially wrote him out of two and three. Like he has like (sighs) three lines in episode two and they they couldn't possibly have made him that, that important of a character in the first episode of this without other plans, right? Without other plans. And I think that a lot of people's problem with Jar Jar is we're only seeing version 1.0 of him. You know, we're seeing the, you know, to use an analogy, if if we're, if he's a child in episode one, he's a teenager in episode two and he's an adult in episode three, we're only seeing the first version of him. You know what I mean? True. True. So yeah, he's going to be annoying. Yeah. He's, I mean, again, for us, nine years old seeing this movie, I liked him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, that like, guy's so goofy. Right. Like, oh, it's funny. Like, it's a kid's movie. People forget that, but it's a kid's movie. Um, And the other piece of evidence that's interesting that I read, again, on Reddit, George Lucas said something during the production of, I think, of The Phantom Menace, and he was comparing Jar Jar to Yoda. So how Ooh. Luke comes across Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. And George Lucas says it's like an archetype, you know, it's like a fairy tale story where you come across, you know, something insignificant. You come across a frog on the side of the road and you think, oh, you know, this is nothing. And then it turns out he's a master and you can learn a lot from him. You know what I mean? Like that kind of archetype. So a lot of people have said that Jar Jar was originally supposed to be the prequel equivalent of Yoda, but the inverse, you know, know, whereas Yoda's short. Uh, old Jar Jar is tall and young. He's got the long ears, you know, and he's he seems insignificant, but he's actually really powerful, you know. So I feel like there originally there was more behind that. There has to have been, it, it, not to the degree that he was necessarily a Sith Lord. <laughs> oh come on, as come much on. I would love that. There that would is, be great. It has been confirmed there was a deleted scene in I think Episode Two, because in Episode Two Jar Jar is in the Senate <laughs> for some reason. Well, obviously, right. And he's the one that introduces the legislation that gives the chancellor emergency powers, like the first step to him becoming an emperor. Oh. And he's the one that introduces the legislation. And they make it seem like everyone tricked him into it. But supposedly they shot a scene with Jar Jar and the chancellor, like the chancellor, like patting them on the back saying, good job. Really? Yeah. And like they, like uh, the actor Ahmed Best, like actually like sent like a screenshot, but I think he put it on Twitter. But he put like a screenshot of like that script page. No kidding. Like we actually shot this scene and they deleted it. So, so it's, it's possible. It's possible. It's not impossible. I would love it if it were real. <laughs> It'd be so good. Oh my word. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. So I'm trying to think. Let's just see what other, uh, what other thoughts I got. The reason why I love Star Wars is I'm not going to lie. A huge fraction of it is nostalgia. You know what I mean? Like oh, anything, yeah. like anything, when you're introduced to it as a kid, especially like that age, like I'd say six to eleven, like that's like the golden age for nostalgia. Definitely. Yeah, you know, that's the same way I feel. You no, know, that's why I feel that way about like Pokemon stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, we were just that perfect age for it. 
So yeah, a lot of the reason why I like Star Wars is I was a kid, my dad got me into it. So nostalgia is a huge factor, but I think one of the hallmarks of what makes art good, and in this case, cinema, is that it's timeless. And not just timeless in like the, the time in which it's made, but it's timeless for the audience. Oh, so, yeah. So like you and I were talking about, you know, watching at age nine, we enjoyed probably different things than I enjoy now watching Star Wars at oh, age, definitely. Age, age 29, you know? Yes. Um, it grows up with you. And that's, that's I think, what really makes Star Wars so fun. And it makes it, you know, because, again, there's nine movies now. There's ten, actually. You know, there's something in it for everyone. There is. And every time one comes out, I always go see it in theaters. I have to see it in theaters. Right. And I know the rest of our family isn't super keen on it for whatever no. reason. Haters going to hate. Yeah, but right. uh, I, like need to see it in theaters right there's no way that i'm not gonna go and i love wash them i love the effects i know solo didn't do super great this uh, when it came out but it didn't do bad but it was just so expensive because they essentially shot one and a half movies right they had to redo a lot of it i went and saw that at imax and oh my my word it's so fun loved it i love it's just it's just like a western it is it's so great it is i mean the star the star wars movies a lot of them especially the originals are very uh a lot of homages to classic to classic Japanese movies. You know, I mean, even in the Last Jedi, they have a Rashomon reference. You know, where they tell the story from different perspectives. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of little Easter eggs like that. It's very, it's a nerd movie in that it's made for like movie nerds. Right. You know, there's right. a lot of references. You know, kind of uh, speckled throughout it, and it's just it's just fun. And one of the things that I was talking with Nicole about relatively recently was you know just how what because like I said, it grows up with you. Right. And how much your own experiences tends to inform how you view certain things in it. And the one example I gave her, cause we were watching uh, about a month ago, just uh, revenge of the Sith came on episode three and we were watching that. And there's a scene in there. It's it's after it's order 66. So the emperor gives the clones, the order to execute all the Jedi. Oh. And I was telling her as, you know, as a veteran, as an officer, as a former officer, you know, the idea of you being with your soldiers you having your back to them and them turning on you is one of the most horrifying things in star Wars for me now. Oh yeah. You know, the idea of, you know, these guys who are supposed to literally have your back yeah, shooting you in the back is just, you know, it gives me chills. It's a dick move. It is. Thanks, it is clones. It is. And it's just, there's so much stuff like that in star Wars. Like I've heard people talk about, you know, the redemption arc of Darth Vader and people talk about their relationship with her father who was abusive or something and like there's something in it for everyone there's the, these core human archetypes and themes that are in every movie just star wars just has it in spades you know and it, it's just one of those things that i i don't think i'll ever get over <laughs> no know? i mean dude at this point you're in pretty deep i am pretty i am in pretty deep yeah <laughs> i'm in pretty deep but no it's just i'm glad i appreciate you uh let me come on and uh, nerd out a little bit and talk about my appreciation for it Oh, yeah. Well, we have to do this every once in a while, you know? Uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. Again, check out Nickopedia with Nick anywhere podcasts are found. Yep, Nickopedia podcast on Instagram and Twitter. There you go. Find him and uh, be sure to check out his show. It's great. It's excellent. And Captain Rebellion. On, That's right. That's my, my my personal Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Got all kinds of things with his little pooches and Star Wars. It's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at getting back into some blogging. Oh, I haven't yeah. ri- I haven't written in a while, but I have a lot of thoughts and feelings I want to I want to write. 
Well, you used to write. I did. I used to write for a uh, small pop culture and technology website. And a few months ago, we tried kind of switching to more multimedia and vlogging videos and stuff. And stuff vlogging. Right? Yeah. The the transition didn't go real well. <laughs> it's just time consuming. You know, yeah. It's very hard when you have a it full-time is. job and you know editing uh, stuff in iMovies takes a long time. But I'm flirting with the idea of getting back into videos as well, actually. I need to kind of restrain myself because I tried to get too fancy with it. And I was, I was making like 20 minute long videos. Like I don't need to make videos that long, you know? Well, dude, when you're making a 20 minute long video, there is so much that goes into it. Uh, you're, not, you're not, <laughs> you're not just sitting there doing like an hour of editing. You're doing right. a lot. Right. A couple more. of days of editing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. So, but yeah, I'm looking at doing like a, at the very least a Nikipedia blog of some sort. Cause Nicole, my wife and I both have, uh, have some ideas there. So we want to diversify a little bit besides the podcast, but we actually took the the week off. We've been doing a podcast a week yeah. and we're taking this week off. Uh, she was sick. She didn't really have much of a voice. So we're, uh, we're going to be off this past, this past week we were off, but we'll be back next week with another episode and uh, looking forward to doing some other things, some other fun, exciting things. Awesome. Well, super looking forward to that. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank Thanks. you for visiting wonderful Minnesota all the yes. way from out east. You know, it's an honor to to be on the podcast and to visit the what the wet floater, the wet floater. Oh, shoot! Um, Qui Gon Jinn fought Darth Maul with his dick out. Yes, it was hanging the I whole that, time. I thought we didn't say that. I thought no. we, I assumed we said that. Yeah, we should have. It was okay. there. You go, Jamie. I hope you're happy. <laughs> He, I mean, he was the captain of that sub. He was. I would say he was clearly in control. He, although Obi Wan was piloting, right? He was piloting, but, but he was that doesn't orders. mean that does not mean you're in control. Yeah, he was the helmsman. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Hope yeah, you I'm, like it, Jamie. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes.